If we're going to experience biblical peace, we have to define it correctly. So shalom means wholeness, completeness. In our kind of you know, secular definition of peace, it's very circumstantial. Peace in the Bible is based on relationship. It's relational. Right? So it's wholeness, and it has to do with relationships. That's what biblical peace, shalom, is based on. Being rightly related with God, first and foremost, and rightly related with others. Right? I, I love this translation from the message. Look at, look at Isaiah 9-6 in the message. Go ahead. For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. What? I've never sang that version of the song. <laughs> Prince of Wholeness. You see, when, when God sent Jesus as the Prince of Peace, he wasn't coming to remove all the conflict and trials and tribulations. In fact, Jesus directly says, in this world you will have tribulations, right? But be a good cheer if you're in relationship with me, basically. It says you can be a good cheer in your trials and tribulations out of relationship with me. So when he's the Prince of Peace, what God was saying is, I am sending Jesus to make you whole. To make you complete. Because I want your well-being. Right? Through relationship. In fact, even the word peace in the New Testament, right? Uh, Irene is, is the Greek. It comes from a verb that means to bind together that which has been separated. The word peace in the New Testament actually focuses on unity. Accord. Two things that were separated coming together. That's the word picture even for the word peace in the New Testament. So, so radical shift, right? Because again, most of us have grown up or we assume or we adopt the definition of peace very circumstantially. Peace is the absence of conflict. Peace is the cessation of hostilities. How many of you have ever gotten into a little tip with someone and you got at da 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 Me and my older sister growing up. da 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 right? Anyone ever have a sibling? Anyone ever have a mother or father? And you get into it, and then you call a truce. But there's no real peace. Anyone? Anyone sit next to them? Don't raise your hand right now. Because at church, it's amazing. I've shared this before. You're on your way to church. You're going at it. And then a miracle happens when you park. From your car to the front door. Somehow or another, there's an unspoken truce. Honey, we're at church. Truce. God bless you. How you doing? Good. How was your week? Good. Getting good. Right? It's amazing what happens from there to here. The miracle of the walk. And then you come and you worship, have donuts or coffee, and you're heading to the car. Truce over. <laughs> How many of you ever got in the car after an hour and you picked up right where you left off? I now, where were we? Did you hear the message? That was for you, wasn't it? Right? 
So, so we have to be careful that, that we don't define peace just externally, superficially. Because you can have sort of superficial, external calm, but not real wholeness. Not peace. Whew. Right? And, and especially in light of these last couple weeks together, anyone sort of walk around tense? just been tense. Anyone just get really tired for some reason? Right? Because we're like this. There's something. Right? And and I got a couple of uh, texts from some friends that I haven't heard from in years from high school, live in San Diego, and just out of the blue texted me last night, hey, how's it going? I'm concerned about your family. And so I sent them a kind of a timeline of what happened with me and my family. And I realized, whew, we've been going. Right, and then even even though the fire has passed, uh, for the most part here, the smoke. How many are ready for the smoke and ash to be over? <laughs> how many is it starting to annoy you? <laughs> right? So you're walking around and <laughs> right? How's your peace level with the smoke and the ash? Is it possible actually to have shalom? in the smoke and the ash. Okay? And that all depends on how you're defining peace. How you're defining peace. And, and, and so the Old Testament and the New Testament, they acknowledge that they're in peace. They're, the definition of peace does include tranquility, serenity, and quietness. It has that. But primarily, it's about wholeness. It's about relationship. It's about unity well-being at the heart and relational level. That's biblical peace. And that's the peace that is offered to all of us 24-7, regardless of the circumstance. Right? We saw a few weeks back, 1 Thessalonians, we're to give thanks in all. All! All! All two Tuesdays ago, packing up cars, deciding what to what to bring and not bring, and hunting down a hotel in Santa Barbara. I gotta be honest, giving thanks wasn't on the top of my list in that moment. And yet we were commanded to give thanks in all circumstances. Getting in a in a line of cars from the 150 by Frontier Paint all the way to Car. All the way, sitting in that line. I gotta be honest, giving thanks, First Thessalonians 5.16 wasn't on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I was thinking 10 steps ahead. Where are we gonna stay? What are we gonna do? What's going on, right? And my mind was racing. And yet we're commanded, we saw First Thessalonians 5.16 to give thanks in all. Kind of the same principle applies here about biblical peace. We can have this biblical peace, this shalom, this irene in the New Testament all the time. If we understand the source of it, we understand how God intended it, and, and, and it's relational, right? And so if you turn to Ephesians 2, right? Ephesians 2, verse 13, we're going to see the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Wholeness, his mission kind of described. Kind of what he did. How did it work out? 
Ephesians 2, starting in verse 13. Right? So we saw in Isaiah 96, Prince of Peace is coming. Right? Prince of Wholeness is coming. Ephesians 2, starting in verse 13 to the end of the chapter, describes what the Prince of Peace did. Actually did. Actually fulfilled his mission. Starting in verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets of Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So what's happening in this passage? The first part from 13 down to 17, he's talking about Jesus, the Prince of Peace, coming and destroying the barrier between... Jews and Gentiles. He destroys generations of hostility, separation between the Jews and the Gentiles. He says, in Christ, the dividing wall is done. And now I'm making something new. What is he making new? The church. Us. That's the Prince of Peace. The two, the Jews and Gentiles, were separated. He brings them together in one, and this new entity is now the church. And I love this. Look at verse 14. For he himself is our what? Peace. There should be a clue. That biblical peace is not circumstantial. It's personal. Biblical peace is based on a personal relationship with who? Jesus, because verse 14 says, He Himself is our peace. He Himself is our peace. He's the Prince of Peace. In fact, He is our peace. So if you're looking for peace anywhere else, you're not going to find it. Not biblically. Ephesians 2.14 is pretty clear. He Himself is our peace. See, there's a lot of people out there in this world, not just here in the Ohio Valley, not just what happened. But I remember growing up, and I kind of was raised to be very success-driven and took all the honors classes and was raised to get the 4.0 and go to college and get a really good degree, went to UCLA, went to law school, all of that. And I remember as I was pursuing this American dream, right, that, that model of success, I always kept feeling like something was missing. Like, like there was always like this, 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 this sort of mystery carrot dangling out there. And I just had to keep working harder, and maybe I was going to get it. 
But it seemed like every time I achieved something, there was something more. And, and, and there was like, you know, and we live in this culture, it's like you're never good enough. You're never smart enough. You don't make enough money. You don't drive, your car's not good enough. Your house isn't good enough. Your clothes aren't good enough. It's never good enough. And so we get kind of, we buy into this that something's missing. And we can get raised in just kind of this search. Like, why do we just feel like something's missing? You know? When do I ever get to just rest? You ever just wonder, you know, I was so performance, so success driven, that after a while I just kind of lost myself. I didn't even know if what I was doing is because I wanted to do it, or I just got really good at what my parents wanted to do, or, or the teacher said I was supposed to do. I lost myself. And you know how I lost myself, how I really knew this? When someone asked me this question in college, so what do you, what do you really want to do with your life? I could recite like this what I believed others wanted me to do with my life. But somewhere along that, I lost myself in this search for whatever was missing. That that was the goal. Find this thing missing. And, and after a while, I realized I'm never gonna, it doesn't exist. Outside of Christ, it doesn't exist. And, and, and I get introduced to Jesus, and, and I understand this salvation by grace, which has nothing to do with works, which to a works-oriented guy was cray-cray. I didn't even like it. I didn't like it. What do you mean? You don't have to work. I've worked all my life. I've achieved a high level of success by works. What do you mean you don't have to work? I was kind of mad. It's a gift. Just receive it. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> right? For those A-type, you know what I'm talking about. Grace sounds good until, that's not fair. I work hard. How many of you hated group assignments in school? <laughs> because no one did the work but you. <laughs> oh, thank you. See, everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> right? Because you carried the group. Right? Because you wanted to work hard and others wanted to mooch off you. <laughs> right? So for me, I had to process this, this, no. You bought into this lie. You're never going to find what's missing because you're missing Jesus. And, and I had to come to the place of, of saying, okay. Whew. Okay. And that's a tough cookie to swallow. It was for me because... Because I didn't have anything to hang my hat on about what I did. I didn't have any report card to show. I didn't have anything. I didn't... No, out of boy, it was out of Jesus. <laughs> it wasn't about me. It had nothing to do with me. And, and so this search, and then when I came to know Jesus, you know what happened? I found out he actually loves me. The way I am. Because he made me that way. And then I had to wrestle with that. Because even as a young believer, wired so age-driven, producing, competitive, success-driven, I had to wrestle with the fact that, no, God loves you. God loves you. Just the way you are. <sighs> Sounds great, but man, to actually believe it and rest in it, 
That's why when I when I learned biblical peace, whew, I had to. It's a step of faith for me to just rest in shalom, to rest in shalom that I am complete and I am whole in Christ. The fight is over. The rat race. I can push stop on the treadmill and step off. I'm complete? You love me this, this way? You mean I'm, I can serve you because I want to, not because I'm trying to earn brownie points? Right? Even, even in the church when I was a young believer, uh, when it came time to serving, I had to work through why I was serving. Because I thought, you know, God had this chart with all the names and you get gold stars. I was kind of like the gold star Christian. I got to serve because I get a gold star every time I show up. I was still trying to, to project my performance mindset onto church, onto being a believer, until I learned biblical peace. No. You are complete. You are whole in Christ. Just. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Reconciliation. Two things that were separate have come together in Christ. That's peace. That's peace. That's what he's offers. That's, the, that's why he came as the Prince of Peace. So there's this idea, there's this truth, first and foremost, that you can have peace with God. Amen? Amen. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have what? Peace. We have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So if you want biblical peace, if you want shalom, the first step is you got to have peace with God. With God. Right? I go back to the first one, therefore, since we have... Right there. Since we have been justified through faith. Justified, kind of a big word. Here's the deal. When you put your faith in Jesus, there is a legal, objective declaration made. It's called justification. It means you have been declared not guilty and fully righteous. See, a lot of people think, oh, when you put your faith in Jesus, he just wipes away your sin, and now you're just kind of neutral. You're just kind of like zeroed out. No, 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 no. When you put your faith in Jesus, two things are objectively, legally declared for good. One, not guilty. Everyone say, not guilty. Not guilty. Now say it like it means, it's like, like you're happy about that. Not guilty. Not guilty. Number two, fully righteous. Fully righteous. If you put your faith in Jesus, you have peace with God. Because two things have been declared true about you. 
you are not guilty and you are fully righteous. That's why you have shalom with God. That relational aspect settled legally, objectively, done when you receive the gift of salvation. Not guilty, fully righteous. See, the fully righteous part is kind of tough for us performance-driven friends. What that means is you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ, which means God likes you as much as he likes Jesus. How many of you think God the Father likes Jesus a little bit? <laughs> Just a little bit? Now, the fact that you are declared fully righteous and you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ, that means positionally, God is as pleased with you positionally as he is with his son. How many think that's like crazy? It's biblical. How many of you are like, I really want to believe that, but I messed up really bad this morning. Right? Because we tend to view our relationship with God very performance, very, I messed up, and da 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 da. Positionally, we are not guilty, fully righteous. Amen? So we have peace with God. And we are complete in Him. Look at these two verses. I love these. Colossians 2.10. Look at that. I love Colossians 2.10. says, You are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. You are what? Complete. complete. You're complete. You're not lacking anything. You don't lack anything in Christ. And I love 2 Peter 1.3. Look at this. His divine power has given us what? Everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory. We are complete and we have been given everything. Shalom. Wholeness in Christ. That's biblical peace. That's peace with God. And then he says in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, there's another aspect of peace. He says this, do not be anxious about anything but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace, what? Of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's the thing. Biblical peace has two aspects. There's peace with God, and then there's the peace of God. And it's the peace of God that we as believers have the privilege to experience daily. In all circumstances, we can experience the peace of God. See, and, and, and that's what, as I was thinking through my own uh, actions, behaviors, responses to everything that happened the last two weeks, nothing happened with my peace with God. I'm saved. So, you know, something happened catastrophic, and I'd be in heaven, right? It wasn't a peace with God issue. The last couple weeks has been a peace of God issue. A peace of God issue. Right? And, and, and that's part of sanctification. That's part of our growing. That's part of spiritual maturity. Right? So how do we, how do we develop this, this peace of God? So how do you do that? What does that mean? There's a couple things you need to understand. Right? Look at John 14, 27. We're just going to put it up there. It says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Real important. If you're going to experience the peace of God in your daily life, in all circumstances, you got to realize it's not your peace. You don't create it. According to this, this is Jesus talking. What does Jesus say he's going to give his disciples? His his peace. He's telling his disciples what's about to happen. And he says, hey guys, peace I leave with you. My peace. See, biblical peace, sometimes we get kind of thrown off because we think it's something we have to create. It's something we have to earn or manufacture. No, no, no. Biblical peace is something you receive. Jesus says, my peace I give you. But Galatians 5.22, fruit of the Spirit, says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, what? Peace. You see? Two key verses. Biblical peace is a gift that Jesus gives, and it's a fruit of the Spirit. Peace isn't something you conjure up. Peace isn't something you create in the flesh. Peace isn't circumstantial. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. As you walk in the Spirit, as you're yielded, as you're trusting, His peace is manifested. His peace is manifested. You ever been in a situation where, where you're really yielded and it's a, it's a, it can be a very trying situation? You ever had that moment where you just feel at peace? You have clarity? Normally you'd be redlining, anxious, worried, fearful. And suddenly, for some reason, you've yielded it to the Lord and you're at peace. That's what we're talking about. That's the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. When we yield and submit and say, Lord, okay, I need your peace, Jesus. Okay, it's a fruit of the Spirit. I'm just going to yield to you, Spirit. Because how many of you know in your own, you're a worry ward? You're anxious. You're fearful, right? All you got to do is turn on the news and get riled up, get scared, right? It's all out there. It's a choice we make. It's a choice we make. So, so how do we do this? I love this quote by D.O. Moody. It says this, A great many people are trying to make peace, but that has already been done. God has not left it for us to do, all we have to do is enter. Enter his peace. So some today, you're not at peace because you're trying to make peace. Go figure. You've been striving after peace so diligently that you're not at peace. When biblically, God's already made the way of it. He just wants you to enter his peace. Yeah, I know, crazy. Some of us are not at peace this morning because you've been trying to make peace rather than entering his peace. You've been trying to, to, to change the circumstances. You've been trying to figure it out. You've been trying to problem solve. You've been trying to do all this. You've been trying, you've been trying, you've been trying, you've been trying, and you've not been yielding. You've not been surrendering. You've not been trusting. So here's some steps for all of us. If we want to experience the peace of God, I just want to give you some quick steps, uh, some applications. Number one, it's a choice. It's a choice or a decision. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, 
Since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. What's the key word in there? The first one. Let. Woo! Some of us just need to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. What's ruling in your heart? Anger? Bitterness? Works? What's ruling in your heart? That verse says, let the peace of Christ. Let. It's a choice, guys. It's a choice we can make. What's ruling in your heart? It's a decision. It's a decision, number one. Number two, it's a choice about what to focus on. John, thanks for sharing this verse earlier. Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. I love the New King James. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Right? It's a choice. It's a decision. But you can also choose what to focus on. Right? You can choose what to focus on. So question. Last couple weeks, if you could calculate and, and do a survey, what has your mind mostly been focused on the last couple weeks? Where has your mind been stayed? Right? On who or on what? Because it says in that verse, I love that verse. This has been the key verse for, for many years for me. You, God, will keep in perfect shalom him who is steadfast or whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Has your mind been stayed? Has your mind been steadfast on the Lord? Have you been trusting the Lord? Because I know generally when my peace level is all off the all wacky and way down here, it's usually because my mind is on the issue, the problem, the concern, the fear, the anxiety, all of that. It's not stayed on God. It's not steadfast, right? Quote by John MacArthur, The real challenge of the Christian life is not to eliminate every unpleasant circumstance. It is to trust in the good purpose of our infinite, holy, sovereign, powerful God in every difficulty. Those who honor him by trusting him will experience the blessings of what? His perfect peace. His perfect peace. Bill and Tyler and I were doing a visitation down at CMH a few weeks back, and we were driving home, and we get uh, stopped at a red light by this mattress store right there. And I look over in the mattress store, and they have all this, you know, that painting that they do advertising. And I see a little fish, and it says Philippians uh, Psalm 4 8. And I'm like, hey guys, this is Psalm 4 8, right? So I, I'm like, okay, let's see what Psalm 4 8 says at the mattress store, right? So I pull out my phone, and I'm in the back. Look at this, I love this. I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. That's a mattress store. I was like, that is awesome. That, that is awesome, right? I, but, but look at it. Look at the reason. I will lie down and sleep in what? Shalom. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Where's their mind? Where's their focus? On the Lord. Right? Shalom comes from where their mind. Sleep and peace comes from them being focused on the Lord, dwelling, keeping them safe. Right? So where's our mind been? Where's our mind been, right? Prayer. Prayer. Next one. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, we looked at this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Is there a list? Can you put up the list? 
All right, so there's three of them so far if you're taking notes. Pray. Philippians 4 6. You want the peace of God? It says right here. Go back to the verse, Eileen. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with what? Thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And he, check it out. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You want to experience the peace of God? You got to pray with thanksgiving in everything. Okay? Next one. The Word of God. I love this. The Word of God. Psalm 119, 165. Great shalom have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Woohoo! <laughs> I knew you would like that one, Bill. Amen. Great shalom have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Right? So it's a choice. And then you can choose what to focus on. Then you can pray with thanksgiving. And then you can be in the Word. I love that. Great peace have they who love your law. It's all the Word of God. Right? And then finally, unity in the church. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 says this. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Here it is. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope, when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all. Verse 3 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Here's the thing. We have peace with God in Christ. Christ creates the church. We are united in the Spirit in Christ. And it says here, what is our command? What are we called to do? Keep the unity in the bond of peace. Oftentimes, what happens in relationships, whether it's in the church or family, whatever relation it might be, when there is strife and there is dissension and there is conflict, oftentimes it just goes back to a lack of peace. Shalom. Shalom. And oftentimes what is really necessary and the hardest part, if I have a problem with somebody, oftentimes it's because I'm having a problem with my peace with God. In the issue. It's become about me. And, and, and what I think. And how I feel. And how I've been wronged. And how I, and how I, and how I, and how I. And, and really, I'm projecting onto this other person. And I'm getting all riled up. And the truth is, I have lost my complete peace of God in this situation. Right? Anybody here ever get in, just have a problem with someone. And over time, God showed you lovingly that the problem was really you. No one likes to raise their hand on that one, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Why is that? A lot of times the first step in reconciliation to maintain the unity and the bond of peace is to begin with yourself. And to say, Lord, have I lost the peace of God in my own self in this situation? Am I now leaning on my own understanding? Am I blinded by my own sin? By my own attitude, by my own whatever. Is it me first that needs the correction? And here's a radical thing. When you humble yourself, like it says, when you humble yourself, you say, Lord, okay. I confess and whatever you need to do. And you get the peace of God in this situation for you first. 
it radically changes everything about how you view the situation and the people involved. No longer are you necessarily throwing darts and stones and rocks. You're like, oh gosh. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. I was really lashing out because I had lost the peace of God. See, what happens is when I lose the peace of God in a situation, in a weird way, I want others to make up for my lack of peace of God. Or they bear the brunt of my lack of peace of God. See, I shared this with you before, years ago. Uh, you know, I grew up, in, and if you ask my family members, uh, I had a wee bit of a temper growing up. <laughs> and, um, and it was one of those things in my life I got to work through. And there were times when my kids were growing up, I think I got a lot better. But how many of you remember the, the Tarzan movie when it came out? Animation? Really good, cute movie, right? You remember the big gorilla? And it was really mean. You remember his name was Kerchak. And Kerchak just like came roaring. That yeah, was my nickname at home for quite a while. Yeah. My kids call me Kerchak. Pastor Kerchak. And I had to really catch myself. And you know, and after a while, you get wind of this. Oh, really? Gosh, well, you know, you're up there Sundays and now your kids are calling you Kerchak. <laughs> and, I, and, and a lot of times I was like, Lord, what's going on? And, and what, I, what, I, what I realized was happening is I was allowing the things of work, the things of ministry, the things of my own life, I was losing the peace of God in those. And because I didn't have peace of God and I wasn't walking in the Spirit, unfortunately those closest to me were bearing the brunt of my lack of peace of God. That's what happened. The source of the conflict and the source of the, 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 the issues in our home were being manifested because I had lost the peace of God in other areas. And so I was less tolerant, less patient, because I don't have the peace of God here, and now they're ruining it and making it even worse, because they're just being human. <laughs> you, ever have, you ever have someone just like bite your head off and you're like, whoa, sorry, just asking, anyone? Like you were just like minding your business and, and all of a sudden you just say something and someone just like explodes on you? And then you go, wait, you step and go, okay, something's going on. I know it's not me. There must be something, right? That something for us can be that we've lost the peace of God. We just lost the peace of God. And so maybe for some of you, if you're, if you're going through it right now, you're like, what's going on, man? Why don't we just kind of always feel like we're this and we're like this and we're like this and why can't we just... Why don't we just, where's the harmony? Where's the wholeness? Where's the completeness? Take a step back and go, Lord, have I lost the peace of God somewhere? Have I just lost the peace of God somewhere? Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's a, a, a relationship somewhere else. I don't know what it could be. Maybe something in your life is out of kilter with the peace of God. And it's, it's just bleeding out into other areas. So take a step back and just reflect on it. Just take a step back and reflect. So there's a list. I already put up that list for me. Right? It's a choice. It's a decision. Peace of God comes from who we choose or what we choose to focus on. Peace of God comes from prayer. The peace of God comes from loving the Word of God. And the peace of God comes from our commitment to keep the unity of the Spirit. To check ourselves first. To check ourselves first. Right? So before we sing a song before communion, here's the thing. 
Go back to that number that you wrote. Go back to that number. And look at that number in light of these five things. See, you may have come in here kind of wired and amped up and agitated with all that you got going. But here's the biblical, radical, supernatural truth. Right now, you can choose biblical peace. Right now, if you happen to have peace with God, you can receive that gift of salvation. First step. change because you get right with God. You have peace with God. You're justified. Declared not guilty, fully righteous. That'll affect your peace. For others, maybe it's a peace of God issue. And you just need to stop. Say, Lord, have I really been praying? Lord, have I really been in your word? Lord, have I really been in the spirit? Lord, have I really been focusing? Has my mind been stayed on you or has it been stayed on the problem? See, if you'll be honest with yourself in the next few minutes, I believe that number can change. And when it changes, praise God because that's Him working in your life. That transformed number, I pray that it would be a testimony to you that God loves you and He's speaking to your heart right now. And that you can act on this right now. Not a, I'll do it later. You can choose biblical peace at this very moment. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. <coughs> it has been quite a two weeks for the Ohio Valley and the Ventura County and even up in the Santa Barbara County now. We do pray for them. And through it all, Lord, I think peace for many has been a struggle. Maybe because we've known our not understood biblical peace. Shalom, wholeness, completeness, well-being, two separate entities being united. Lord, at this very moment, thank you that biblical peace is a choice. That we can exercise it this very moment. And so, Lord, as we sing this song, a song that's called Running in Circles, Maybe some of us feel like we've lost our peace because we're running in circles. May we use this song as a time of confession, a time of yielding, a time of surrendering, a time of acknowledging peace is not to be created, it's to be entered into through Jesus Christ. For those that need peace with God, choose to make peace with God through faith in Jesus. For those of you who are struggling with the peace of God, Come to God now. Just confess. Just be honest with Him. Lord, I'm struggling in this area with the peace of God. I'm bringing it to you now. I confess I haven't been praying about it. I confess I haven't been in Scripture about it. I confess I haven't been stayed on you. Lord, I'm here. 